Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. This is episode 58. We have two episodes left in this season. We're going to start season two in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm excited for that because my wife is going to be on lots of those episodes uh, by request from you guys wanting to know things about marriage, about raising kids, um, just uh, females wanting to hear my wife's opinion on things. So I'm really excited to be bringing her in today with Halloween coming up. I thought it'd be fitting to talk about horror movies and things of that nature and as Christians, how should we respond? How should we uh, act? How should we indulge or not indulge in these things? So we're going to talk about that. I want to thank you so much for listening as always. Guys, it's been a great year. Um, It's been so fun. We've covered so many different topics. The reviews are absolutely incredible. I mean, over 700 reviews or ratings uh, between Apple and Spotify, maybe more. I haven't even checked Apple recently, but I know there's almost 600 just on Spotify. And the, the written reviews are why I do this. You listen to what people are saying. They're getting more free. They're learning how to have a relationship with Jesus. That's the entire purpose of this. How do we pursue Jesus through all of these different issues and topics? And so I'm so grateful for all of you for listening, and uh, it's it's been an amazing season one. So thank you. And if you want to help us keep going, um, you can you can partner with us monthly. We have some exciting announcements coming up. I'm praying about a big opportunity uh, next year in uh, in in Rwanda. So just be praying for me to hear the Lord on whether or not we are to. Uh, partner with this ministry that is putting on a massive event in that uh, area. So if you want to help us be able to fund things like that, you could join us as a monthly partner by clicking one of the links in the description or go to my website, shanewinnings.com, click the give button. And of course, make sure you follow this podcast so that you don't miss any episodes that we upload. Turn on the notifications just by clicking the bell on the app that you're listening through. Okay. Let's get into this. Horror movies and Christians. And we can even expand it. You know, haunted houses. um, Things like that, in that nature. Now, I'm going to talk about, uh, in another episode, you know, music and secular movies and and things like that. But I really want to focus on the horror aspect today. Although a lot of the same principles are going to carry over. Here is what Christianity points to, that we are to walk as Jesus walked, right? That we are to live righteously, that we are to purify ourselves because we are living for the day of his coming or the day that we're going to stand before him. We are called by the scriptures to live above reproach, which means to live above a way that could be um, rebuked. Live above a way that could have a room for someone to point a finger. Now, obviously, people are going to, you know, they killed Jesus. Like, they're not saying if you live this way, people are not going to find something to complain about. What they're saying is you're not giving people ammunition to throw back at your life. So, you know, for example, living above reproach, you could take that with 
um, alcohol. And I'm going to do an episode on recreational drugs and alcohol. But living above reproach, you know, um, if you decide to drink alcohol, and again, that I'm going to have a whole episode on that. But yes, Jesus did drink wine. Um, so that that's it's not like Christians have to never touch alcohol. But here's what I'm saying, and I think everyone can agree on this. When you decide to drink alcohol, you give the rest of the world an area to look at your life and form an opinion. That's just the the fact. That's the reality. I'm not talking down about it. I'm not. That's not like a sly comment, like you know, judging anyone who drinks. Um, not at all. But it is a fact that if you were to abstain from alcohol, no one would have anything to say regarding alcohol in your life because you wouldn't have any part of it. So for some people, like I'm one of those people that I used to drink a lot. And then when I got born again, I would just casually have a beer here and there because I I really like the taste of beer. And then about a year after being born again, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I never want you to take another sip of alcohol. He said, where I want you to go and what I've called you to do, you can't, you can't have anything to do with that. And so that was just the Lord calling me to consecrate myself unto him and to uh, not even give an inch for anyone in that area to have an opinion, which again, I'm not living for man's opinion. I don't care about man's opinion. What I'm saying is my ministry will not be tainted 1% by alcohol because it has no part of it. Does that make sense? And again, this isn't a this isn't even an episode on alcohol, but these principles apply and it's important that I set this groundwork for living above reproach so that you can understand when we move into this topic that we're on today. I have friends that that uh, drink casually, you know, and it's not a problem for them. They have it under control. They don't drink excessively by any means. They have a glass of wine with dinner. Like there is nothing wrong with that at all. And no one's better because they don't drink, and no one's better because they do, and Jesus did. It's not a competition. But it is, it's easy to say, if I just never do that, no one could ever say anything about it. That is where I am living above reproach for my life in that area. Um, that's not saying that someone who drinks isn't living above reproach, um, but they are giving themselves an area to be scrutinized. That's the best way to say it. And that's totally fine because Jesus did the exact same thing. Like that's what Jesus did. Um, But even in the Bible, there are people that further consecrated themselves uh, unto the Lord and they never had to deal with any of that. But there's other areas, you know, there's, uh, there's people who feel strongly about any secular music. And so they don't listen to anything secular at all like they will only listen to worship music and so in a way they are living above reproach in that area because no one can say anything to them about the music they listen to and say well i don't know if that's godly or not because they are totally consecrated in their music listening um i'm trying to think of another area where someone might live above reproach here's a great way to live above reproach and we'll talk about this in an episode with dating and my wife will be on this one but say that you are uh, dating someone, right? And you want to um, study the Bible with them. And you you do it in the evening at your home, right? Downstairs at the dining room table. And you guys are praying and you're, 
you're worshiping together and you're reading the Bible, it's totally innocent. But all people who drive by your house might see is two cars and, 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 and think you guys are alone in there together for hours and hours and hours and hours. Now, you have a totally pure heart. You're not doing anything wrong, but you're giving an area for people to have reasons to think something else is going on. And so if you felt like, man, you know, imagine like your youth leaders, you're a youth leader and, and, uh, and your girlfriend or your boyfriend is coming over and, and all, and some of your students like drive by and they see both your cars there and no one else is there. They could have reason to think, right? And again, you can't control people's thoughts, but what if you recognize that and you said, Hey, or you heard like some, someone like said something like, Oh, you guys are, you guys are at your house alone for a long time. And you're like, oh man, I wonder if people like think that something's going on. It's totally not. I don't want anyone to stumble. I don't want to give any cause for anyone to form an opinion. Here's what we're going to do. Let's start, let's start meeting in a library, you know, or in a coffee shop or like, let's, let's, you know, hang out in the front porch or so. I don't know, but you're thinking in a way that you've never thought before. You're like, I, I. I'm not going to be controlled by the opinions of people, but I also am not too proud to say I can change the way I'm living to make sure no one else is stumbling or no one has a good reason to think that something is happening that isn't. Does that make sense? Like living above reproach is a fine line because I'm not going to live in a way that... um I'm not free, like I'm a slave to the opinions of people. Of course not. But it's using wisdom, and it's also, it's kind of living sacrificially in a way because you might give up things that you have rights, you know, quote-unquote rights to do because you want to keep a, a clean conscience in the people who look up to you. You know, I think about this, um, say that I... I don't know, say that someone gave me something very extravagant. I have no idea. Like, say someone bought me a Rolex or something like that. I would not personally want to be seen wearing that, um, which is hard because I think they're beautiful watches. They're awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, I'd love to wear one. I love watches. I used to uh, buy nice watches when I was single and when I wasn't born again and when I was an officer in the military I made good money I was by myself I, I spent too much money on watches and I ended up selling them all so that I could pay off debt when I uh when I got born again and I wanted to be married one day so all of that to say now if someone had gifted me a Rolex I would be like man this is so nice but like I I don't want to wear this because I don't want people to look at me and see me wearing some thousands like thousands of dollar ten thousand dollar watch and like all of a sudden they're they're stumbling in their mind not because of sin but like they can't just hear me preach the gospel they can't just hear me teach because they're distracted by this this thing right there's this rolex now they've got to deal with 
the fact that this preacher they're listening to is wearing a Rolex, and now they're thinking, well, how did he get it? I wonder if it was a gift. Like, it's, it's not even that it's a sin or that it's wrong, but I can recognize, man, it's creating thoughts in people that are distracting or tainting the message that I'm trying to bring. You know what? If I just showed up in, like, casual clothing, no, nothing crazy, expensive name brand, which I don't even own any of that stuff, but, like, you know, if I just dressed totally modestly, I didn't wear a flashy watch, like I don't have flashy stuff on, no one is going to have any reason to stumble in that area. That is living above reproach. Living above reproach is like I have every right to do this thing, to wear this thing, but I'm not going to because I don't want to cause someone to stumble. Does that make sense? I feel like we kind of navigated through a couple possible scenarios, but we really fell in. I, I feel like I fell into it right there. It's when you have the right to do something. It's not a sin. It's totally biblically justified. Like there's no, there's nowhere in the Bible that says like you can't wear a Rolex when you preach. But you know, well, if you do that, like that's going to cause some thinking in other people. That you know, if I wear thousand dollar shoes. Now people are going to be looking at my drip, right? And they're not even going to be listening to the message or the, the message is going to be tainted in some way because of what I'm wearing. And, and then people are going to go, well, I wonder if he's wearing that to like get noticed. I wonder if he's wearing that so that people will pay attention to him. Or, and it's just like, I don't even want to get in that arena. I just want to show up in my like Nikes that were like 100 bucks and my American Eagle jeans and a t-shirt that someone online sent me in like a, a Russell brand pullover gray zip-up jacket and a baseball cap. And I just want to preach the, in, my, in my like Iron Man watch or whatever. I, I don't even know what I have. And just preach the gospel. No, one, no one's going to think twice about any of that stuff. Does that make sense? Like there is a, there's a place and there's a reason, guys, that I'm harping on this living above reproach. Because if I just jump straight into my opinion on horror movies and, and Christians, and I'm, I have Bible verses, but if I just jump right into this, there's people that are not going to catch the heart and they're, they're just going to shut off. Because the truth is, some of you might really love a lot of that stuff, but you haven't caught the heart of living f not for yourself, of living for Christ completely surrendered and loving your neighbor. And, and not giving a reason for your neighbor to stumble. And a lot of times that means laying down things that we have every right to do so that someone will see Jesus in us. I can't tell you how many people have asked me a bunch of questions when I tell them, oh, I don't drink, you know, I just feel like God told me to never drink again or, or whatever. And it's not condemning. Like, I don't say it. You know, if I'm at a, a, a social meeting, um, you know, say after a big event or something, there's like a there's like a reception and say they have, you know, drinks there and someone offers me something. I'm not it's not like I'm trying to shame them. And I'm like, uh, oh, no, I don't drink like, you know, I'm a Christian. It's like, dude, we're all Christians here. <laughs> like we're at this Christian event. I don't say that. I just say, oh, no, I, I don't drink, you know. I, I used to drink a lot. God asked me not to drink anymore, and so I don't drink anymore. And that's it. Like, it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's not like, well, I'm better, I'm consecrated, you're not. No. But there is this living above reproach where I have the right, I have the right to have a glass of wine, 
but God has asked me not to. And so now I feel like if I do it, I'm actually disobeying because God has, I feel like God has asked me personally to not do it. But I would never have heard that if I didn't have an ear towards God. If I wasn't like, God, please speak to me about my life. Like, I don't just want to go about my life. I want to do what you're doing. Say what you're saying. I want to hear from you. And uh, I, I need your help. And so when we get into this area of horror movies and Christians, I want to read a couple of Bible verses to really set the stage. Here's one out of the Psalms. Psalms 101, 3 through 4. I will not set my eyes before anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Uh, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we're really being instructed on how to live, how to think, where to set our mind. That even reminds me of Colossians 3 where it tells us, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Seek the things which are above. Like We are instructed to intentionally look and fix our eyes and set our mind on the things above. Why? Because the things on the earth are constantly grasping for our attention and they do not produce life. Ephesians 4, 27, give no opportunity to the devil. Let's really think about that one. I want to ask you an honest question and it's going to take humility for you to answer this. And this is the cool part about a podcast. No one is looking at you. Unless you're like listening to this in a some group listen or with a family member, like, and you should be safe enough to have your own, you know, convictions and opinions around other family, but no one is like staring at you and telling you to like pour your guts out right here. You get to do this between you and God. And so I want to ask you honestly, is watching horror movies and doing the things of Halloween and scary stuff and haunted houses and, and, and all that kind of stuff, is that giving an opportunity to the devil? I didn't say big or small. I didn't say you're letting him possess you or whatever. No. I'm asking only, is it giving him an opportunity to do anything? Let me ask it another way. Are you giving the devil permission? Are you giving evil spirits? Are you giving demons permission in your life, in any area, when you are watching horror movies? Now, I don't want you to answer out of your flesh and say, well, it doesn't affect me, so whatever. I'm saying we are dealing, our, our battle is not flesh and blood. It's spiritual, okay? We, are, we have spiritual warfare going on all the time and there's things that you're not even aware of that are happening listen to this first thessalonians 5 22 abstain from every form of evil second timothy 1 7 this is my main verse here god does not has not given us a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind here we go proverbs 4 23 keep your heart 
with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. The, the Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I want to ask you again, not what you feel like is happening, not what you sense, not I don't think I'm affected because I haven't seen any effects of it yet. I'm talking about your eye being the lamp of your body, your eye gate, what you allow in. It does affect your mind. It does affect your heart. And I want to ask you again, do you think, do you believe that watching horror movies, that indulging in scary things, haunted houses, all that, does it give any opportunity for evil spirits to have any kind of permission in your life? Every person should have answered yes, because it is evil. Horror movies, it's about being scary. Let's look up the definition of horror. Remember, we haven't been given a spirit of fear. Okay, here's the definition of horror. An intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. Here's the definition of fear. It says, and it is loading, and it did not want to load. Why does it do this to me? Okay, fear definition. I love doing podcasts. You guys just get to roll with me. This is totally live. Fear. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Also, it means be afraid of someone or something as likely dangerous, painful, or threatening. Now think about this. People watch scary things. They watch fearful things to be entertained. Do you think, think about all those Bible verses that we just read. Do you think that God delights in his creation? I'm talking about Christians right now, not not people who aren't born again. If you aren't born again, there is no standard of living for you. You are not judged by the Bible because you do not claim to follow the Bible. So the sad part of this is if you are not a Christian, you are going to be judged by your sin which you were born with, and that sin is going to separate you from God forever. So you have much bigger issues than watching scary movies. You are not right with the God of the universe. And if you're not a believer, you need to confess your sins to God right now and give your life to Jesus Christ. Commit your life to following him and and thank him for dying on the cross because he paid a price for your life on the cross so that you could be forgiven cleansed of all of your sin, given a brand new heart, a new mind, a new life, and begin to follow him, and you will spend eternity with him forever. And you will come up under the teaching of the Bible because that is the word of God. But if you're not a Christian, this episode is not for you. This is for Christians because Christians have said, I'm following Jesus. He is my Lord and my Savior and my Master, and I am going to follow him. And so the Bible is now our our guide. It, it tells, it has commands in it. It tells us what to do. It instructs us on how to live. And so if you're a Christian, ask yourself, does God delight in you being entertained by things that are unpleasant 
because they cause a belief that someone's going to be hurt or in pain or threatened. Do you think that God enjoys you being afraid? And not only that, but what is causing this fear? Because the Bible says that fear is a spirit. You see, Webster's Dictionary and the Oxford Languages, they will define fear as a noun or a verb. The Bible defines fear as a spirit. So knowing this, how do you reconcile being entertained by a spirit? How do you, how do you reconcile choosing to partner with a spirit of fear for a little bit of enjoyment? Even if you could try to justify it in some way, I would again point back to living above reproach. Are you living above reproach when you are delighting in evil, when you are delighting in the feeling of being scared and being afraid? Here's another question. Your body is a temple. It says to protect your heart, to protect your eyes. I will fix my eyes on no evil thing. You can't have a scary movie without some type of evil, some type of fear, some type of, of, of um, something horrible, some horrifying thing happening. So do you recognize that what you are allowing in your mind and in your heart is polluting you? That is polluting your spirit. It is, it is warping your mind and your heart. And if you don't recognize it now, it might not show its head right away, but it is changing you. And this is what the Bible teaches. The, biz- the biggest uh, excuse that I get from people or justification, and again, I don't go around and I'm like, dude, you're horrible for watching that. But there have been some friends that wanted to see, you know, for instance, there was a movie, uh, Doctor Strange, that came out. And um, a lot of people were saying how demonic it was. Like, it was so demonic. There was rituals, and there was, like, demons going in and out of people's body. Just horrible stuff. And I heard about this, and some of our friends um, who are believers and missionaries, they were going to go see this movie. And I was like, guys, don't don't go see this. Like, I, I, I usually don't tell people don't do something. But this is what's in the movie, and there's no way that you should be going there, especially with the position that you hold and, you know, how you're viewed in the public. Like, don't go see something like this. You're, you're, you're choosing to be entertained by watching demonic things. Like, I have literally casted demons out of people all around this nation, and you're going to go be entertained by watching people be possessed and manipulated and used by demons. And they, like, depict all of this in the movie. That's what people were saying. It's, like, horribly demonic. Like, there are times when living above reproach is one thing, but then it's like, look, this is straight up in the face of what we believe as Christians. And and some of the things that I hear are this. Well, I I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel bad about seeing it. I I, I know my relationship with God. It's not going to be affected by this. Like, you know, I can, here's, here's a big one. And we'll talk about this when I get into music and stuff like that. But people say, you know, I can really just appreciate the creativity and the art and I can just appreciate the cinematography and 
you know, everything like that. I, I, the, the, the scary stuff, the demonic stuff, the evil stuff, the, the worldly stuff, I don't let that affect me because I can really just appreciate the art. Dude, you know, what is that? Like, that is not wise. That's not living above reproach, and it's not even true. You can't affect how your heart and mind are going to respond. That is a sensual response, and it's out of pride, and it's saying, you know what? I can tell when my heart is being polluted and my mind is being warped, and uh, listen, I can watch this and totally just enjoy the, the good things about it and just ignore the bad. That is like saying, that's like someone saying, yeah, you know what? I watch porn, but I really enjoy like the storylines and I enjoy the acting and the cin- the angles and the cinematography and everything. I don't let the whole sex thing pollute my mind. It doesn't bother me. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't engage in any of that. It doesn't do anything to me. Um, I can, I can just watch it for what it is. Why does that sound ridiculous when I talk about pornography, but when we're talking about something evil and something horrifying, people can get away with justifying it. Like it is absolutely ridiculous to me. And so my opinion on horror movies and Christians is that they, that, that should be a paradox. It should be like opposing magnets. Like they, they will not touch they will repel each other. We should abstain from the things of this world. And yes, there are gray areas like alcohol, and we'll talk about that in another episode, but you're not going to find Jesus checking out the latest horror movie or the latest thriller film slasher series, you know, Friday the 13th or Jason or Michael Myers, whoever else is out there now. He's not going to be at the newest Scream movie. Like, Jesus is not going to be doing... Jesus would be casting demons out of those people. That's what he did. He's not going to go get entertained by it. We need to start taking these things seriously. Like, it matters to God. Righteousness matters. Living a holy life matters. And I, I just want to give this last kind of word of advice when it comes to um, things like this. And you know what? This might not be a popular episode with people. Listen, I'm not judging anyone. I have friends that still went and saw those movies, even when I posted and reached out to them personally. And I don't judge them for that. Like I am not responsible for your life with Jesus. You are. And, and I don't, I don't judge people based on what they do. Um, you know, when I see a brother or sister in Christ, I believe in error or heading towards an error it's my responsibility to lovingly reach out and say, hey, it looks like you're about to do this. Like, can I just talk to you about it for a minute? And it's just a loving conversation. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. There's no holier than thou, right? Like, I'm not the standard, what I would do. We always go back to the Bible. But there are going to be people that hate what I'm saying. Just know I'm not judging you. I'm just putting information out there, and I'm giving some examples of my own life, and I'm using Scripture And now it is on you to go and make the decisions that you feel like you're supposed to make. And I pray that you're going by conviction and you're going by the word of God and not just by how you feel. But I want to say this, if you're confused, if you're ever confused about if you should do something or not in regards to things like this, there's two principles that really will save you, I believe. Okay, number one. When it comes to secular type things, 
like horror movies or music or movies or, you know, um, going to a party or something like that. If you have to think twice about it, you probably shouldn't do it. Like if you, if you can't just instantly go, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. Like you should probably not do that thing. You know, if someone asked me to go see the passion of the Christ, I'm not going to be like, I don't know. Like, I don't, let me, let me do some research. Let me ask a couple friends. Let me see if this is like godly or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's clearly, it just would come down to like, do I want to do it or not? It's not like, is it wrong? But if someone, if if I was a new believer and I was still walking through all this and someone's like, Hey, we're going to go check out this like haunted field. You know, do you want to go? And you're a brand new believer and you're not sure you might be like, huh? I don't know. Like, I don't, I kind of feel weird about it now. I'm a Christian. I feel like I should, you probably shouldn't do it. And here is the number two. This kind of should serve as like an umbrella over all decision-making. And I promise you, this will keep you from uh, a lot of sin. And and I'm talking about sin in these areas that you're not sure of. Um, And it will keep you from getting into trouble, like in your mind and your conscience with other people. Live above reproach. That is my final uh, bit of wisdom and encouragement. You will never get in trouble by living above reproach. There's a reason that we were called to live this way in the Bible. We are called to live above reproach. And all that means is this. If there is any gray area in your life and you don't have a conviction about it and you're not sure, just don't do it. Like, if you're struggling, like, is it okay for me to drink as a Christian or blah, 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 you know what? Just don't do it. And and let the Lord speak to you if you end up feeling good about it later or whatever. But if you're struggling in your mind, don't let there be any room for the enemy to mess with your mind, to, to shipwreck your faith, sear your conscience in any way. Just live above reproach. Just don't do it. If there's music that, that is like... It's not, they're not cussing all over the place, you know, they're not singing about horrible stuff, but you're just like, man, I don't know if this is like fruitful. Like, I don't know if I should listen to this. Just live above reproach. Just don't. Like, why even try to find the fence? If you're not sure about it, just don't do it and give the Lord uh, an opportunity to maybe give you some revelation and maybe one day you see that it isn't bad or maybe one day you see that it is bad. I would always err on the side of living more righteously while you navigate what's acceptable than living just like everyone else and asking the Lord to show you what righteous living is like. Like everyone knows how to set themselves apart more for the Lord. Everyone knows it's, it's instinctive in you if you're a Christian because you've been given a new heart and you've been given the Holy Spirit. Every Christian should know how to live more holy, more righteous, more consecrated. All you have to do is just give up any of the things that are like the rest of the world. When it comes to music, when it comes to movies, when it comes to experiences, like you never have to wonder if going to a club is okay and wrestle with that scripturally if you just don't go. Because you're just like, man, I just, I don't know. Would Jesus be there? Like, I'm not sure. I know he'd be ministering, but would he be? I don't know. So I, you know what? I'm just not even going to do it. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. And if God speaks to me about it later, awesome. But right now, 
It's a gray area. I do not know. I'm not going to put myself there. Would God go to a secular concert? I don't. I, you know what? I can't figure out if this is okay or not. I don't. I'm just not going to do it because I'm not sure. Like you're never going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, you know what? You took this living righteously thing way too seriously. Like, I'm really disappointed. You could have went to a lot more clubs. You could have watched way more movies. You could have listened to more music. You really didn't need to consecrate yourself to me that seriously. <laughs> like, he is never going to say that. You know what the voice of the Father is going to say? Who is holy? Who is righteous? He's going to say, man, I see. I saw your life. I saw all of the areas that you had to, to, to make the decision to, to live just like everyone else, and you didn't. I saw how you set yourself apart. I saw how you chose righteousness when it was uncomfortable or when it was hard or even when it was against your very desires of your flesh. I saw those times when you were unsure and you just chose righteousness. I'm so proud of you. The rest of the world, they just do whatever their flesh wants and they just go the way that everyone else is going. I'm so proud of you that even when you weren't sure, you just chose righteousness. Well done. Like, guys, that don't you want to hear that? Like, are we thinking about eternity? I want to get to heaven and God is saying that to me. I want him to say, Shane, and this isn't some works thing. This is, I love God and I just, I want to do the best that I can while I'm on the earth. I'm not trying to get a gold star in heaven. I'm not trying to get an A plus extra credit. Like, I just love my father. I'm so thankful for the life that he's given me, the life that he took me out of and out of a response of thankfulness because he first loved me. I'm saying, Lord, I love you and I don't want to get involved in all of these other areas and the areas I'm not sure of, I'm just going to not get involved with them at all. I'm going to give myself to you because I want to get to heaven and I want my father to look at me and say, Shane, I saw all the areas that you sacrificed, even areas that no one else saw, the ways you consecrated yourself that no one else saw. I saw them and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Like you really do love me. You showed me with your life that you love me because you gave me these areas that most people don't. That is what I'm running after. And I'm telling you, the Bible talks about this. I think it's in 1 John. It says, when you are thinking that way, you will purify yourself. And I want to end on this. Are you thinking that way? Are you purifying yourself? Don't, don't, don't look at me as some type of judge and king and examiner. I'm not. I'm, I'm just a man. But, but Paul tells us to examine ourselves. Actually, no, I think it's in First uh, Peter. Examine yourself. I'm not examining you. Examine yourself. Do you think that way? Are you thinking eternally? Are you thinking about the day you're going to stand before God? When you make decisions in your life, does that aspect of eternity and that revelation, does that come over you and cause you to purify yourself? Because I'm telling you, if you're living for now, if you're living temporal, then you're just going to make decisions that are fun and that are for now. And I don't think it's that bad because I just really want to do it. I really like this kind of movie. I really like this thing. I really like doing these things. You're not, it's listen to the language. I really like, well, I really want, well, I've always, it's about you. You need to stop and pause and say, God, what are you saying? What are you going to say on that day about this decision I made? Because I will be held accountable for it. 
Come on, guys. We can fix our gaze on Jesus Christ, and he will begin to purify our lives. I will tell you this. I have never seen anyone fall or get in trouble because they were trying to live too righteously. But I have seen many people fall who were flirting with the world and who did not live above reproach and should have. And I'm telling you, a lot of them have come out and said, I had a lapse in judgment. I had a, I made an error in my decision making. I didn't guard myself close enough. I should have, I should have, I should have. Do you? Th- the Bible even says, man, don't be fooled. Bigger men than you have been taken down. Mightier men than you have fallen. Are you going to live above reproach or will you continue to live in a way like a lot of other leaders in the faith did that have fallen and all of them said the same thing? I had a lapse in judgment. Well, where do you think that discernment left them? When you don't lean into righteousness, when you don't choose on your own to consecrate yourself, to set yourself apart for the Lord, to choose to make a choice voluntarily to not indulge in the things of the world. When you don't purify yourself, you begin to sear your conscience. You begin to quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your discernment actually goes down because you begin to live sensually. You begin to live by how you feel and what you see and what you think. And I just, my heart, just, I don't think it bothers me. And before long, there is a fall. There's always a fall. But I've never seen anyone fall who has done their best to consecrate themselves, who prays and fasts, who sets themselves apart for the Lord, who does not indulge in the things of the world. Think about that sincerely. Which road is going to set you up for a potential failure one day? Is it living in the gray and making room for the world? Or is it pushing out all of the world that you possibly can to consecrate yourself for the one that you're going to spend eternity with? I hope this episode only provoked you to do the latter. The only thing I hope to accomplish from this episode was to provoke you to live in a way that gives Jesus Christ everything. You can't control how people think about you and what they say about you and all that stuff. They did it to Jesus. But you can choose to not give them ammunition. And uh, if this episode helped you, I want to encourage you, please share it. Especially with Halloween coming up, there's a lot more wisdom in this teaching because of the verses that I used than just Halloween stuff. I feel like many Christians can get free from many areas of strongholds and bondages that they may have given rights to the enemy to put on them simply by not living above reproach. So please share this, uh, promote it on your social media, send the link to a couple of people, message it to them. Let's see a movement of Christians that are willing to consecrate themselves for the Lord in more areas than just horror movies and haunted houses. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you are looking for a way to get closer to Jesus other than just my podcast, you got to check out my book. It's only 10 bucks. There's a reason I made it 10 bucks. I wanted it to be affordable, and uh, it's on Amazon. You can get an ebook. You can have it right now. Or you can order it uh, paperback through Amazon. It takes like a day or two to get there. It's called I Will Always Overcome. Or you can buy it on my website, shanewinnings.com. 
It's a nine-week devotional that is designed to help you get closer to Jesus Christ, to build your relationship with Him. And so if you've been looking to move into a place of greater faith, to move from a place of fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, even um, if you're immature in your faith and you want to grow, I believe this book's going to help you. If you're looking for a great Christian university to start or finish your secondary education, you've got to check out Faith International University. That's faithiu.edu. They have a bachelor's, master's, and doctoral programs. Click on the link that says uh, request more information, and my good friend, who's the dean of students and vice president of the school, will respond to you, and he will answer any questions that you have. Again, faithiu.edu. You can follow me at Shane.Winnings on Instagram or just search my name on YouTube. And uh, I am constantly putting content out there. So I hope this blessed you today. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.